Well, hello, everyone. And hello. Thanks- <laughs> that's awesome. Thanks for joining us today. You are welcome. Oh, that's awesome. For our next episode of Mixed Messages what? with... What? There's another one? Yeah. With who? Jeff Bogue. Jeff Bogue. And my name is Joe Caruso, and I'll be your host as we dig into today's topic. Well, from news sources to comedians, from friends to advertisements, it seems everyone has an idea of how we should think and live and make decisions. And when everyone disagrees, how do we cut through the noise? Hmm. How do we sift through all that information overload and choose what governs our lives? So difficult to do. (laughs) Well, we've been processing these things, and our leadership has been praying for all of us, so we want to offer a resource to navigate some of the day's most pressing topics and questions. Uh, Jeff, are you here? I am. Hey, Thanks Jeff. for acknowledging me, Joe. Oh, it's so good to Sometimes see you. Sometimes I feel attention starved. I'm sure you do. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Says the guy whose name's in the title of the podcast. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Oh, Jeff, uh, we have a fun question today. All right. So we're going to talk a little bit about marriage. And uh, I like to always give these a little bit of prefaces. If uh, if you're listening to this and you're not married, keep listening, because this applies to all of your relationships as it navigates your parents, your kids, your friends, and how they would navigate through these things. Um, so don't just check out. I did that a little bit too much when I was younger, and I wish I would have paid more attention. I know. It would have helped. Uh, so anyway, so here's our submitted question today. It's kind of a short and sweet one, but it's a deep one. All right. I'm in. What if you married the wrong person? Mm. <laughs> Um, and you could expand that a little bit, you know, or if you're a parent of adults, what if your kid marries the quote unquote wrong person, or maybe your parents getting remarried and it's the wrong person. Like, what do you do when you really feel like, uh Oh, I'm in this and I don't think it's the right person. Yeah. Um, well, if you married them, they're the right person. Okay. Well, walk us through that. So the, the, the premise of the question and I think I understand where they're going, but I want to be careful with the premise of the question because the premise of the question is, uh, can how do I get out of a bad marriage? <laughs> I think you might be right. Yeah. yeah, and so I'm looking and I'm saying uh, you you don't unless there are really really extraordinary circumstances. So you not meshing with the personality, them changing, like. That is all the process of marriage, and the Bible would have very clear direction for that. Like if you are married to an unbeliever, uh, you look at First Peter chapter four a lot, and and what God says there to uh, he uses he's directing it toward women, but actually also applies to men. Absolutely, yep. And um, there's very clear instructions in the Bible that if you become a believer and your spouse isn't, you should not leave them. You should try to help them know who Christ is. Um, so, and I'm always careful with this because in our culture, we throw marriage away. We think of marriage as like longer term dating relationships and we don't, we miss the sanctity of it and we miss the, um, the, 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 uh, mirroring of Christ that's supposed to be coming through it. So I think that's a really, really important thing. So if you're sitting there and saying, I think I married the wrong person, I would say, well, let's try to figure out how to make that the right person then, and how do you change, and how do they change, and, and how do we kind of tackle the the struggles of your marriage. Now, I want to say this, because I, I think it's important. I think there are exceptions. So I think if you are in a physically abusive marriage— a truly emotionally abusive marriage. I think we have to be careful with that term right yeah, now because yeah. it's thrown around uh, for whoever makes me unhappy. Yeah. Uh, 
uh, but there are truly emotionally abusive marriages or a, uh, a marriage that is sexually impure. So a person is abusive sexually or they're abusive uh, by m- many adulterous affairs. That, the, that is a completely different conversation uh, where the scripture, um, I would also add into that uh, an abandoned or marriage where a person's like, yeah, I've been married for five years and we don't live together. Like, though, and to me, those are very individual. They're very difficult. They're very deliberate. I, I have looked at people and said, I do believe biblically and spiritually you have the right to divorce someone I've even looked at very few people in my life and said, I think it would be best if you did divorce a person. Mm, mm. That is probably a three-year minimum conversation. And of the thousands of people that I've talked to about their marriages, I may have said those things five or six times. It's, It's a very rare, desperate frustrating um, situation where one spouse has abandoned the the marriage covenant and and uh, all the rest so or it's a dangerous situation but generally when people say I think I married the wrong person I'm like well I don't think you did mm-hmm. I think you need to be committed to your holiness and they do too and that is a very difficult uh, process sometimes to go through because God is refining you in that process and he's helping you in that process. It's just not a pleasant process to go through. Yeah, like, um, what does the wrong person even mean if exactly. if marriage is about the white picket fence and going on vacations and, you know, enjoying bowls of ice cream together at the end of the evening? I mean, your definition of marriage is already skewed. I mean, those can be perks, but if those three things aren't working out in your marriage, there's no reason to abandon it. Like, what, what is that definition of marriage that might r- help someone rethink um, why this, quote-unquote, isn't working? Yeah, and that's what I want to be careful of. I, I don't want to be uh, flippant or ignore, like, someone's pain. Absolutely. Um, but, but that's what I was saying. Like, in my definition, in, unless we're talking about habitual adultery— habitual abuse, habitual neglect, and willful, and all those kind of things, then we're not talking about a right or wrong person. Uh, we're talking about a immature person or maybe an unexpected thing that happened in, in the relationship, and it's a very, very different conversation. Um, and, and the reason that I am so painfully deliberate about that is because of of how we view marriage in our culture. We're quick to throw it away because most people believe that their spouse's job is to make them happy. Mm -hmm. And so when they say I married the wrong person, what they do is they, what they're saying is I lost the euphoria. We fell out of love. That just Mm -hmm. means I lost the euphoria Uh, or they're not making me happy in a way that I said they should make them happy. I, I believe they should make me happy. And I believe that when you get into that definition of marriage, you're automatically doomed to failure, and that would automatically mean that everybody married the wrong person. Because marriage is not about your happiness, it's about your holiness. And my job, spiritually in marriage, is not to make Heidi happy, it's to make her holy. Mm -hmm. Now, most of our relationship is happy. 
right? We get along well, et cetera, but not all the time. Mm-hmm. And we don't view everything the same way. And she's a different individual than I am. Absolutely. And so based on the criteria of our culture over almost 29 years of marriage, I've had hundreds of opportunities to look and say she's the wrong person. She's had thousands, <laughs> you know, to, to look at me that way. And I'm like, because that's a, that's you're not making me happy. That person over there looks more interesting to me. I'm out. Or this is hard. I'm out. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and uh, or you're not the parent I wanted you to be. I'm out. And I'm like that's not that's not the idea. So we I think we think of marriage. You think about a a, a lump of uh, pottery on a wheel spinning. You ever mm-hmm. see somebody like make a vase or yeah. get that image in your mind? And what happens is uh, they'll make that vase, they'll get a cer- certain point, they'll make a mistake, and it'll collapse in on itself. Yep. Our view of marriage is we're making that vase. If we make a mistake, it collapses in on itself, we throw it away. Jesus' view of marriage is no use. You reform that lump of clay. Yep. And you make something different. It's beautiful, but it's different. But you don't throw the clay away. Mm-hmm. You ask yourself, what mistake did I make? Does it need more water? Blah, 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 right? And so it, marriage is a constant reforming mm-hmm. of uh, your life and their life. I think the only time you get into the conversation of, did I marry the wrong person or not, is when one or one of those parties says, I will not be reformed. Mm, yeah. And then the the church has no authority, you have no authority. Is someone expected to live in that pain and neglect? That's a that's a very, very individualized and very difficult conversation. It's very difficult. And I think that you illustrated this, but I'll re- kind of repeat it again. If you think that that's you, then you need to start having the series of long conversations with someone, that's a right. spiritual leader, um, and and begin the process of prayer and discovery if, what path are you on? Is it a hard reforming of the clay, or is it something where, you know, you, you are in that small minutia where yeah. that is the right next step? Now, let's shift the gears, but similar question. You find yourself watching a close family member get married. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, maybe you've lost a parent and they're remarrying, or maybe there was a divorce already and they're remarrying. Or the flip side, you're a little bit older in life and you got kids that are getting married and you're looking at who they've chosen. And you're like, I would have warned you, maybe I have warned you that I really don't think you should marry this person, but they continue to go along with that. How do you interact uh, with that new mom, that new dad, or your new son or daughter-in-law? Um, first of all, if you have those fears, you had them before the wedding. Mm-hmm. So I, if you are a friend or a parent or sibling or whoever, uh, you need – if you really fear that they're marrying the same person, you need to communicate those fears as early in the relationship as possible. Mm. And um, – in love, and and you need to communicate what you need to say, and then you need to listen to what's being said because you may not know the person. Absolutely, right. So your your fears may be unfair, um, but if you if you really have that fear, you need to talk to that individual and say, "Hey, I'm worried about this or think about this." Now, once they are married, you need to try to help them win at marriage. Yep, and your agreement about their critiques or your critiquing 
does nothing to enhance that marriage. I'll be honest with you, that is hands down one of my greatest pet peeves, (laughs) is men complaining about their wives and wives gossiping about their husbands. It is not beneficial. It is not encouraging, and it does nothing to enhance um, who that that couple needs to be before the Lord. And I actually think it's one of the most selfish things that we can do. Now, that's different than seeking wise counsel. I'm talking about uh, griping and complaining. I'm talking about... uh, Talking, belittling men, belittling women. That's uh-huh. absolutely ungodly. It's a pet peeve of mine, you could probably tell. <laughs> and it does nothing to help out. So once they're married, as you are talking to that person, you need to edify, you need to bring truth, you need to bring encouragement, you need to pray. If we're not in this they're in danger category, uh-huh. right? There's yep. a clear line that I've I think I've made my point, but like if they're not over there, then you need to be doing your best to help them be the best that they can be. Yeah, that's really helpful. You don't want to cut off the opportunity to have relationship by your strong digging your heels in viewpoint. Yeah. Um, so how how do we? Um, you ever have one of those moments where you had a very clear formed question in your brain, and then the moment you were going to go say it, it disappeared? Never on a podcast, yeah, Joe. Never on a... I don't know if I've ever had it on a podcast either, to be honest, <laughs> but I might have just had my first. So good point. <laughs> <laughs> and I really like what you uh, just said. So um, I, honestly, I think this might be one of our shorter episodes, but it's one of those deals where... It kind of is that clear. There's a lot of hard work ahead of you. Yep. That that part is it's not that short and sweet. But the answer, the decision, um, to kind of put your face like Flint instead about Jesus, you know, when he decided to do the hard thing and go to the cross, is like, this is the right path. Yeah. So let's figure it out together. And and the key to this is Ephesians chapter four and five. It's submit to one another out of mutual respect, and you mm-hmm. do that as unto the Lord. So submission is giving the best of yourself to the other person. So when you're when you're feeling grumpy about your spouse, uh, write down the ten things you love about them that day, and then tell them that yeah. it'll change the whole mood. Yes, it will. Um, when when you feel like they're selfish, serve them. Give mm-hmm. the best of yourself to them, and it changes the whole dynamic. Most marriage problems can be journeyed through with godliness. Mm-hmm. There's mental illness, there's childhood wounds, there's caveats. But most marriage problems can be journeyed through with godliness, so mm-hmm. be godly yep. in, in this process. One of, you mentioned this mirrors our relationship with God, and one of God's most pronounced characteristics is that he's long-suffering. Mm-hmm. Because you serve them doesn't mean that that afternoon we're like, you know what? I have been selfish. That's right. <laughs> you know, and just because you build them up and encourage them doesn't mean that they're going to reciprocate that right away. But God still gave his best to us well before we ever decided to reciprocate. Absolutely. And that's where marriage can be an awesome reflection of that. Well, I hope that this is encouraging to you no matter where you find yourself in the marriage conversation, Um, but there are so many resources and so many things that we can continue to dive into uh, to help you along that journey wherever you may find yourself. And we want to serve you, help you, and even walk you through any amount of pain that you've been in. 
If you have any other questions that you'd like to submit, you can do that at bath.gracechurches.org slash mixed messages. If we can help you take any of those unique next steps, of course, we want to do that. Reach out. We'd love to help you. And if you like and want to hear more of what you're hearing, make sure you subscribe, follow, rate, and review our podcast. If you're looking for a church home on the weekend, you can always join us in person or online if you're out of the area. And we're just so glad that you would be jumping in with us today as we continue to seek God's voice through all the mixed messages around us. See you next time. Thank you.